project Taryag day 31. We're starting Pashas Acharimois with Mitzvah Kuf Peydadet. And that is the Pasuk says, referring to Aaron Akoy and the Koyen Gadol, that he can't come whenever he wants into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the Pasuk carries on, which means a Koyen Gadol who goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim without a reason is going to be Chayev Misa. The only times the Kohen Gadol was allowed into the Kodesh HaKadoshim was on Yom Kippur. And even on Yom Kippur, it was only four times. The first one, to bring in the Kateris. The second one, with the blood of the parish of Yom Kippur. The third one, with the blood of the goat of Yom Kippur. Both of those were sprinkled in front of the Aron HaKodesh. And the fourth time was in the afternoon of Yom Kippur to retrieve and remove the Machtod, the pan he had used, to burn the Kateris on. If the coin would go the first time in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, or would go in for one of these avoiders without doing it correctly, then he would be high Mitzvah Shemaim for coming to Kodesh HaKadoshim without reason. The Sifri learns by extension that it was also for any coin to come into the Kodesh besides for the Kodesh HaKadoshim if it wasn't in order to do an avoider, except here the penalty wouldn't be Mitzvah Shemaim, it would just be his over on the lap. And therefore... If a Kohen would come into the Kodesh to do one of the avoiders that a Kohen is meant to do, he would be allowed to enter the Kodesh. To come in with no for no reason would be Chayev the Slav. According to the Rambam, even if he would come in to be Mishlachave, since it's not for the Tzarech Avoider, he would be Chayev and the Slav. And according to the Ramban, the Chinuch suggests that it's only if he comes in for no reason, not even to do any kind of avoider, then it's a Zilzul, so to speak, to wander into the Kodesh without a reason and then you'd be chayv on this Esau. The reason for this lav, like all them regarding the Besam Mikdash, is the deterrent that a person can't come in without permission. It creates a certain reverence and aimer for the makam of the Besam Mikdash. And that way the Kohen will have a certain awe, a certain reverence to do the Avoida. This Mitzah only applies when there is a Besam Mikdash and the Kohenim. And we learn today that even though the Besam Mikdash has been destroyed, a certain level of Kedusha still rests on the mark of the Besam Mikdash. And therefore, it would still be also for people today to go into the presence of where the Besam Mikdash once stood. And therefore, the Chinuch says there would be a practical application of this mitzvah today for a person not to go into the area where the Besam Mikdash had been. And this is besides for the other so that a person is Tomei today and would be also for a person who is Tomei to go into the Makkum of the Besa Mikdash. Mitzvah, Kuf Beihei, and that's the Mitzvah of the Avoida of Yom Kippur. There were two parts of the Avoida of Yom Kippur. There was that part of the Avoida which was performed by the Kohen Gadol outside, which means in the Chatzah of the Besa Mikdash, wearing all eight clothing of a Kohen Gadol. And those were the Avoidas which applied every day, such as bringing the Tamid in the morning and the afternoon, Lighting the Menorah, bringing the Kataris, which was brought every day. As well as that, there was the extra Musafim, because Yom Kippur is also a Yom Tuf, which were brought in the outside Mizbech, and that is one pair, one aisle, and seven sheep, which were brought as Eilis, as well as that uh, goat, which was brought as a Khatos, which would be brought on the Mizbech outside, and was eaten by the Kohen in the night following Yom Kippur. And that was also done by the Kohen Gadol wearing his eight big day kohanim. Then there was the specific avodah of Yom Kippur, which was 
would cause the kapara of Yom Kippur. And that was what's called the avayi, which is done inside, which means the pyre, the bull, brought by the Kohen Gadol, as an atonement for himself and all the Kohenim, whose blood was carried into the Kodesh Kedoshim and sprinkled inside the Kodesh Kedoshim and afterwards in front of the Parechas and on the inside Mizbech. And then after that, the goat, which was also brought as a kapara and brought inside the Kodesh Kedoshim, sprinkled in front of the Kodesh on the Parechas, before the Parechas and also on the inside Mizbech. The second goat, which was sent to the Azazel, and the Avodah of the Keteris, which is brought into the Kodesh Kedoshim. All these unique Avodahs to Yom Kippur were performed by the Kohen Gadol, wearing only the white Bugadim, not his eight um, gold Bugadim, and there were special clothing which were made new for every Yom Kippur. Chazal teacher that all the Avodahs had to be performed by the Kohen Gadol himself, and the order was that he began wearing all, all eight Bugadim, in order to bring the, the morning tamid, he would then change, which means he had to go to the mikveh, wash his hands afterwards, wear the four begodim, the virus on the inside, and bring the kateris, and the par, and the sire, and the azazel. He would then change again, according to what in the Mishnah, and put on again the gold begodim, in order to bring the musaf, or the rest of the musafim. He would then change, for the fourth time, back into the white begodim, to remove the calf, the pan that he had left in the Kodesh Kedoshim of the Kateris, and he would then change a fifth time, and once again wear the gold begodim in order to bring the Talmud of the afternoon and the Neris, which was done every day. This mitzvah of Yom Kippur only applied when there was a Besam Mikdash and was a Mishnah Kohen Gadol. Now we don't have the Besam Mikdash, all the Kohen Gadol, all the begodim, all the Korbanas. So at least in our Tefillahs of Yom Kippur, we describe the whole service of the Kohen Gadol and then in some way that should compensate for our ability to actually do it. Mitzvah Kuf Peivav and that's the Isur to Shecht Korbanus out of the Azara. The Pasuk here tells us the Oynish, the punishment for one who does that, that he gets Kores for bringing a Korban outside the Azara, even if his intention is to Shecht the Hashemayim. This issue doesn't just apply to the shechita, it also applies to sprinkling the blood or being macri of the meat, burning the fats or the organs on a mezbah outside the base of And we learn from the Pasuk here, and the Pasuk in Dvarim, it says, You've been warned that you should not bring up your kabbanas any place you choose, it has to be brought specifically to the base of Mikdash. And we learn about the shechita, and the halah, which means bringing up the carbon on a mizbech, are independently chayev if a person does them out of the Besam Mikdash. However, a person is only chayev on a carbon which could have been brought in the Besam Mikdash, which means it was not a balmum, and therefore, since he could have brought it in the Besam Mikdash, to bring it outside is to go over this Esau. The reason for the mitzvah explains the chinuch. Once a Kodesh Baruch Hu set a place for Klayishol to bring the carbonus there, and that becomes the focal point of our avoider. And we made it once we have such a place. And the effect it has on people who come there is it makes people nichna, it makes them submissive and accepting of Malchus Shemaim, to accept the Yerk of Hashem. Therefore Hashem prevents us bringing Korbanus anywhere else so that we'll have that effect when we come into Besamekdash. As always, what Hashem does in the rule in all the mitzvahs is the Torah done is for our benefit. And there's a second point 
The Torah only allowed people to kill animals for a reason, if they need to eat it, or they need to heal themselves with, or in order to gain kapara, the time will bring us a carbon. But to kill animals for no reason, it says the chinuch of Chedish, it's considered his shayfikhtam. It's considered spilling blood. And even though it's not as severe as killing a human being because a person is on a different level to an animal, but nevertheless it's unnecessary murder. Once there's no sanction, so to speak, to kill in such a way. And therefore, the Pasuk says that a person who shechts a korban outside the base of Mikdash, where it's not going to be eaten or used by a person, and it also doesn't affect kapara, it's considered like he was mashkis, he destroyed the animal for nothing. The issue of shechit of schutz, not to bring kapara outside the base of Mikdash, applies in any time, in any place. And even today, if a person would make an animal into kajim, he would sanctify it to be brought as a korban, and then he would shecht it outside, he'd be chayv. And if you did it by maize, it'd be chayv karis, like the Pasuk says, on either the shechita or on the hala, or on bringing it up. If you did it by shagig, then you'd be chayv to bring a carbon chatus, like every isul karis, which a person's over by shagig. Mitzvah kuf pei zayin, and that is a mitzvah of kisri adam. The Torah says if a person is sad, chay oy oif, ashiachil, he wants to shecht either a bird or a wild animal. That he has to cover with earth the blood of the animal which he shechted. The mitzvah of Kisya Adam only applies to birds and wild animals, not to domestic animals. But those animals which are unclear to us, if they're wild or domestic, so this mitzvah applies to Suffolk. And therefore, even though normally Kisya Adam would require a bracha, in the case of it's a Suffolk, one wouldn't make the bracha. It doesn't make a difference if he captured the birds or he bred them, and they would both be chayim in Kisya Adam. It's not just the dam, the blood which collects on the ground, even the blood which is on the knife or which sprays in the area around after the shechita will also be chayv to be covered. In the case where there's no other blood, no other blood from this particular animal, birds are covered. The halach is that a person has to put earth underneath so that the blood will fall into the earth and then cover it again on the top. And any kind of earth or sand could be used for kisya dam. Even if it's something which is like gold, which has been ground up, because the apostle calls gold dust earth as well. And even though the, the main mitzvah is on the person who shechted it, whoever would see uncovered blood from such an animal would be high to cover it as well. The reason for the mitzvah explains the chinuch. Since the nefesh, the life force, is carried in the blood, like the apostle says many times, and therefore, we should cover the blood before we eat the meat because to see the blood, says the Chinuch, makes people feel acquire a certain amount of cruelty in front, when they see the nefesh, so to speak, or what was the life of the animal in front of them. By domestic animals, there's no midst of Kisri Adam. The Chinuch explains the reason for that because since these animals can be used in the Mizbech as a kapara, right, and when it's being brought as a carbon, you can't cover the blood, we need the blood as part of the procedure to to sprinkle on the Mizbech. Therefore, the Torah didn't differentiate between the domestic animals and if, uh, didn't require Kisya Adam by domestic animals. And even though there are carbonates which are birds, we have by the doves and the pigeons, which could be brought as a carbon, nevertheless, since a majority of birds cannot be brought as carbonates, therefore the Torah applies the rule of Kisya Adam to birds as well, 
obviously except for the bird being brought as a carbon, because then the blood needs to be put on the Mizbech. This mitzvah chisadam applies in all times and places to men or to women, whoever shechts the animal or whoever sees the blood of such animal or bird uncovered. And if a person is over in this and does not cover the blood of a bird or wild animal, he's been over this mitzvah saseh. Mitzvah kuf peiches is a mitzvah according to the opinion of the Rambam, which elaborates on a lot. We're going to see how Mechilach explains it. The Ramban doesn't consider this to be a mitzvah deraisa, but he still agrees that all these same points are also at least on the level of Midraban. And that's the Pasuk which says, Ish, Ish, Elkol She'er B'Saroi, Le'sikrivu Le'gadis Ervo. A person can come into contact with any of his immediate relatives, he shouldn't come too close to them, which could lead to an aver of Gilu Yarais. And Chazal explained on this, that it doesn't mean Gilu Yarais itself, that's the issue in its own right, but even Le'sikrivu, they shouldn't come close or put himself in a position which could bring to Gilu Yarais. And therefore, we learn from here that, from the word Leitikrav, that an action which is something which could cause the Isra Gilarais is an Isra in its own right. There are a number of categories which could, which we find are Asur. According to the Rambam, any physical closeness or contact, such as kissing or hugging or anything like that, which would also be a cause of Gilarais, is included in this Pasuk. And therefore, according to the Rambam, a person who would do that would, and he would be warned, would get Malchus, as being over with I say. And the other restrictions which were in place, even though they also also, we wouldn't carry the penalty of Malchus. The reason for the Esser is because even though people don't think that they're going to be Nikshal in a very Afghilia rice, and therefore, they might think they can allow themselves a certain laxity in relating to somebody who would be asked awesome to them. But they don't understand that the closeness is what's going to breed the Yetzahara, which is going to cause the, them to fall. And therefore, the, the Torah forbids even the closeness because that's going to be the step, so to speak, which will awaken the interest which will bring to the Aver. The Chinuch explains with us the principle of the Gemara. That the Yetzirah starts seemingly very weak, and but it gets stronger and stronger until it overpowers a person. And that is the person thinks that he's able to withstand the Yetzirah, and therefore he allows himself certain leniencies in the Yisurim of coming into contact with somebody's who's to him. He will find that he'll get more and more drawn into the Yetzirah until it brings him down. And therefore the Yisra doesn't just apply to physical contact, it will also apply to... Kalus Rosh, acting with someone else to him in a light-headed manner, or speak, or hint to them, or anything which would, which would might be the starting point of a forbidden relationship. Same thing, included here is the Isser, to look at ladies, of which in a way which might bring them to the Navera, or even smell the perfume that they're wearing, or look at the clothing that they're wearing, which is also for anybody except a man to his wife. Azal even forbade looking at the hair of a married lady or hearing her voice, because these things also are things which could be in the category of someone which is a of a person to the Isra of Arais. Similarly, Azal said that one shouldn't send regards to a lady, even if it's through her husband, because that starts to 
create a certain interest in the other person. Besides for the Gdarim, the Chazal put in place, if a person feels he needs to make more strict Gdarim for himself, or things which are going to prevent him being Nechshal, so the Chinuch says a person is Mechuyuf to do that. So much so that he writes that if a person would meet somebody who could be a temptation to them, he should look as if Gehinnom is open in front of him. And if that's not enough to distract his attention, then like the Gemara says, he should either try and focus on Torah, or say Kriyashima, or remember the day that he's going to die, as ways to, so to speak, distract his thoughts from focusing on Avera. Similarly, Chazal said it's also to be misyachid, to be in seclusion with somebody who's also to him. For someone who's also midin Torah, then the Isra of Yichud, of being in seclusion with them, is also also in Torah, because that's the primary factor which can lead people to do Avera. The only two cases where the Torah allows people to be in seclusion, even though technically they would be asked to marry each other, is a mother with her son or a father with his daughter, or a husband with his wife when she's asked to him, as long as there was a period before and the children were to him. An unmarried lady who is technically not asked to a person, he could marry her, but after the story of Amnon and Tamar, the basin of Dover and Malach made an Isur on Yichud on being in seclusion with an unmarried woman as well. And the later stage, Shammai and Hidal made a even on being in Yichud with a non-Jew. Similarly, it's also to look at another lady. The exception for that was, if it's somebody he's thinking about marrying, so he's allowed to look at her to see if it's somebody he wants to marry. And even the Gemara goes so far as to say that a person's meant to look at the lady he marries beforehand, it's because otherwise it might cause Isser uh, uh, of a lack of a hafzirecha if after he married he decided he doesn't like the way she looks. Even though the Gemara gives stories of certain Amaraim, which it seems went against these rules, for example, Rabbi Yechonon used to sit outside the Shari Tvira, the place where ladies used to be toivel, or the Gemara gives a story of Rav Acha, who used to dance with the Kala. The Chinuch says, don't let this be a source of a hat that a person can draw for himself, and therefore think he can do the same kind of things. The hat there was only because it was somebody who was, in the words of the Chinuch, wasn't, was like a malach who didn't lose focus on his Torah and Avodah even for a second. And what they were doing was in a way which was only for the same of a mitzvah, and was they knew for themselves would cause him no thoughts or no kind of emotional attachments to the people involved. Especially in the case of Rabbi Echanan, he used to sit outside the Shari Tzvila, the Chinuch says he was sitting with his eyes closed. He, they could see him, but he wouldn't be able to see anyone else. Chinuch goes a step further, and he describes this as being also in the catching of the Yisur, of a Te'eva, something abominable in the eyes of Hashem. And he says anything which a person does, which is going to take away Hashem's ability to give him bracha, or Hashem's presence to him, is in the category of Te'eva, something which Hashem finds abominable. And therefore, all the Yisurim, relating to Arias are also in that category. This Isra applies in every place and every time, both to men and to ladies. In other words, just like it's also for a man to come close to a lady who would be also to him, in the same sense, it's also for the lady to come close to a man who would be also for her. And as I said beforehand, according to Rambam, physical content, contact would be punishable with Malchus, whereas all the other forms of craver, of closeness, if a person does them be amazed, 
Rabbanan would have the authority to give him Makas Mardus, which means a penalty. Rabbanan can administer to safeguard the Torah. According to the Ramban, all of these restrictions are made Rabbanan, and therefore in all these cases, the penalty would be Makas Mardus, which is what Rabbanan can administer to safeguard the Torah.